It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Set him up. Perfect setup. Perfect setup. First two career RBIs for Chad Cool. I thought it was a good mix off the mound from him. Uh, only one walk on the night. First pitch strikes again. We're underneath where we want to be. And he did have, I think, six three-ball counts, but only one walk. So he was out there pitching. He was out there pitching and battling. He did a nice job for us. Buster hits a high drive to left. Jay back at the wall. It is out of here. Buster doesn't know it yet, and now he does, and it's three nothing. Uh, this offseason, you know, I attacked it, you know, working on little things and trying to improve my partner every day and just trying to grow within myself uh, to continue to grow and uh, surrounding myself with some good uh, trainers, some good people that could bring out the best of me, and uh, this offseason was an opportunity. For me to just attack all my weaknesses and, and really hone in the things I, I could do to get better. I just don't think it sets up very well uh, this week for him at Quail Hollow. I don't think it's a golf course that fits his game. I think the course is a driver's golf course, both length and accuracy. Jordan's neither great at either one of those. The accuracy is traditionally a problem with him. Uh, he's outside the top 100 in driving accuracy on the PGA Tour. Time for Saverin on Sports. Well, the Pirates are keeping people hanging on. Maybe you're not. But Buster Posey's three-run homer off the left-handed Cy Young, Jose Quintana, in the first inning. Lifted the Giants to a victory over the Cubs. And now the Pirates are just three and a half games out of first place. The Brewers are a game and a half out. The Cardinals two and a half out. Cardinals are hot. And so the question is, under 50 games to play, are the Pirates really in this thing? I know it's hard to imagine. I'm not... I'm asking you to tell me if you think they're going to win it. But are they really in contention? Just when you thought they were out, they drag you back in. We'll talk to Rob King about that. Mike Tomlin is holding his uh, press conference before the Giants game. That's today at 1215. We'll have that for you live. We'll also talk more Steeler football with Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette. He's in Latrobe. Get his thoughts on it. Jerry will join us from Latrobe today at 1.30. 
I also am going to ask him a couple of golf questions. You heard the golf analyst talking about Jordan Spieth. And he has a chance to join five golfers who have won the Grand Slam, meaning the four major events. He's won three after he won the British a couple of weeks ago. And that is going to be our trivia question today, too. I won't ask it yet. Something else struck me. There are those, you know, you remember we celebrate, well, I don't know if we celebrate or not, but earlier this week, or was the end of last week, was the anniversary of Barry Bonds hitting his 756th home run to pass Hank Aaron and become the all-time home run king. But there are several people out there, <clears throat> several thousands, millions maybe, who don't recognize Bonds as the all-time home run king for the reasons of which we're all aware. And with that in mind, and there are people like that, that's, I'm not trying to right or wrong, I mean, the numbers tell one story, but we know what the issues are. So I thought I would draw a parallel to that. The New England Patriots have been the one more Super Bowls in the last 15 years. They've been the dominant franchise. No one's questioning that. But you as a fan, and I realize Steeler fans have sort of a jaundiced view of the Patriots because of personal experience, but because of the Patriots' inconvenient relationship with the rules and the truth, does that tarnish your perception of them as being on top of the NFL hill. I mean, you can't argue that they're championships, but the fact that they have been found on the wrong side of the NFL law on numerous occasions, does that change your perception of them? Much like people have changed their perception, although the numbers say otherwise, of Barry Bonds being the all-time home run king and the way he may have achieved that. I think there's a parallel there, and that's why I thought about it. So those are the topics we're discussing today. 412-922-2874. Pound 970 on your cell. You can email me, stansaverin at iheartmedia.com. Post on Facebook, Saverin on Sports, or tweet at Stan Love the Show. So after a rather dismal period, here are the Pirates. On the fringe, but the fringe isn't all that far out from the top. They've won three in a row. They've won five of their last six. And before anybody tells me, well, they're beating up on bad teams, well, if they'd have been doing this all year, they'd be in first place. And, yeah, you can go back to the record against the Giants and the Reds and the Padres, but they are where they are. they're at. And their next games are against, quote, non-contenders as well. Tigers again today and tomorrow, and then Toronto. Although the Blue Jays, they're kind of on the fringe of a wild card in the American League, so they're not out of everything yet. Are they really in contention? Well, the numbers say they are. Sometimes perception, however, is different. I mean, it's hard to look at this team when they really haven't been part of the pennant race and then all of a sudden declare that they are. But when you look at the numbers, they're one game below 500. To me, until they get to 500, 
maybe this isn't a discussion worth having, but as I said to you yesterday, and I've been saying, I think the Cubs are the best team. Not only anybody would dispute that. And everybody thought, oh, after the All-Star break, oh, after they make their trades, and they get Quintana, and they get Justin Wilson, who got touched up last night as well. It's over now. And then the Cubs will become the Cubs. Well, when you look at the Cubs that won 104 games last year, we saw that the starting pitching was much better. Kyle Hendricks just came back. Arietta, although he's pitched better lately, is not the Arietta of the last two, three years. In fact, Arietta wasn't the Arietta of previous years last year. Hendricks was their most reliable and best starting pitcher. That may have been a fluke. I don't know. He's been hurt most of this year. So what happens with him? The middle relief has always been a problem. Some of the big offensive producers have not been the same. My point is everybody thought, well, they went 13-3 and after the All-Star break. It's over now. Well, they're 5-5 five and five in the last 10. Maybe that was due to happen. I don't think they're going to run away with it and win it by eight or nine games. And the question becomes, are any of the other teams good enough to take it from Chicago? I think they're vulnerable. The one thing, again, that bodes well is the continued good pitching of the fourth and fifth starters. Cool and Williams have been very good. I know Cool gave up three, but he gave him five innings of shutout ball in addition to get what proved to be the game-winning hit. And the two of them, since the All-Star break, talking about Cool and Williams, 10 starts, they're 4-1, and one, averaging over six innings per start and a combined ERA of 282. That's from your fourth and fifth guys. Now, I realize that Nova hasn't been the same. Tyone's been in and out, same with Cole. But still, if they've got the bullpen settled down with people in the right places, can they scrape up enough runs? It's intriguing. We're going to discuss more with this about this with Rob King. But Mike Tomlin is about to address the media and you from Latrobe. We're going to have that for you live. We'll talk to Rob King at 1230. Keep in mind about the Patriots. Yeah, they've won all the Super Bowls, but we know some of the things that they've been found guilty of doing. Does that tarnish their reputation in your mind? Jerry Dulac will join us at 130. Mike Tomlin press conference live from Latrobe coming up in a minute or two or three here on Saverin on Sports. Catch the Crowley Show today at 4. Where your mom listens, and hey, you should too. Adam Crowley on your home of the Steelers. ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 AM and now at 106.3 FM. 
Dan never lets anyone outside the family know what he's thinking. So you must be family. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Doesn't spend time with his family because that would be a real man. Saverin on Sports. ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. It's totally he in the league. And all we can do is, is abide by the, the rules and, and follow and, you know, support him while he's here and let him do what he can do and hope that the rest of it gets resolved to the league's satisfaction. We can all move on. That is Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert commenting yesterday about the Mark Tavis Bryant situation. You know, oftentimes in my experience in covering teams around here, if there is an issue, we always say, well, we're talking about the, uh, the, you know, the John Smith situation, even if it's not a situation. This is a situation. And you heard what Colbert said. That's between Martavis and the league. No one seems to have any answers exactly what those issues are. I mean, the whole thing seems ridiculous. I mean, clearly, he is yet to be cleared. Maybe Tomlin will have an update when he pre- begins his press conference uh, momentarily uh, on Martavis Bryant. Uh, who knows? I mean, everybody expects it any day now. He wasn't going to play in Friday's game anyway, but clearly they'd like to get him back. Uh, and everybody understands the value of training camp. It's it's less for some than for others. But let's remember something. Martavis Bryant hasn't caught a ball in anger, meaning there are other people around trying to nail him, for a year and a half, longer than that. And so there's got to be some value, not only in practice time, but in exhibition games. I mean, it's one thing to run routes, and, you know, there's some mild contact in practice, but it's something that he is going to have to get reacclimated to. He just hasn't done it for a long time. Doesn't mean that he can't or that he won't, but it's something that he needs to experience. Uh, from all accounts, he's in great shape. That's never been an issue with him. Uh, he looks like he's ready to go, but it's a different story than just running against skeleton coverage or knowing you're not going to get hit, maybe not even bumped in some occasions or uh, chucked at the line of scrimmage. That's a different story. So that remains to be seen, and the sooner that the Steelers see it, the better off they'll be. We expect Tomlin will announce his plans in terms of who's going to play when and how much. But with quarterbacks available, operating under the assumption that Ben will not play in this game, and it makes you wonder how much he will play this entire preseason, then we're looking at Josh Dobbs starting the game playing at least a half and maybe more. Landry Jones is not available. They only have the four quarterbacks in camp. One guy is just a quarterback arm, just so that the other quarterbacks don't get tired out. 
and get dead arms. So we're going to see a lot of Josh Dobbs. Uh, You wonder when you will see Ben. My guess is the second exhibition game, which comes up a week from Sunday. So they will have nine days uh, for, A, Martavis Bryant. I still don't expect to see Le'Veon Bell, not until they break camp anyway. But in the past, as I recall, Roethlisberger has played in the first exhibition game. Not much, but some. Maybe it's a matter that they don't want him to play until they open at home. I don't know if that's going to get any more people there. All the tickets are sold anyway. I don't know if that's a factor. It will be interesting to see exactly how long the starters play. Now, a lot of that is determined based on injuries. I mean, there are a lot of guys, you know, Pouncey's, I'm sure Tom will announce it, Pouncey's not going to play Villanueva, is being evaluated for a concussion. There's no need to rush him back into the thing. And, you know, you you don't want to expose Foster, Gilbert, and DeCastro more than necessary. I mean, I would think that they would like to have some of the first-line offensive guys in there, uh, at least initially for Dobbs. I mean, he's going to have enough trouble as it is, at least until the Giants remove their starters, and then to put a second, third-string offensive line in front of them, uh, that's hardly fair. That's another thing. Uh, Josh Dobbs isn't going to make the team or get cut based on what he does on Friday night. He's going to make the team. If he's that horrible, they'll have more dudes with chainsaws, chainsawing other dudes. More. Remember, you have to consider who he's playing with, too. Uh, How much they'll play the starters in this first game. Usually it's only a series. The game where they play the most uh, is the third game, generally. And now Mike Tomlin uh, has taken his seat, and we're all set to begin the Mike Tomlin press conference coming to you from Steelers training camp at St. Vincent College at La Trobe. Good afternoon. Uh, we're excited about going to New York tomorrow and then Friday getting an opportunity to play the Giants. Uh, we're at that point, I think, in, in team development. Uh, we've been at it now for, for a couple weeks and you know, saw some good things. Uh, but this is just a necessary step in terms of guys not only continuing to grow but also showing their capabilities to, to get in a stadium and play against a, an opponent, one that they hadn't been competing against on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I'm excited about it. I know our guys are excited about it. Um, our approach is really going to be simple. Um, you know, we're going to go play. Um, those that are healthy uh, will play. Um, aside from Ben and Antonio, those that are healthy will play. Um, you know, the guys that have, have missed time for a variety of reasons, um, there's no need to, to declare them uh, as out at this juncture. We're going to give everybody an opportunity to gain a certain level of health and then make judgments in terms of Josh Dobbs and get an opportunity to start at quarterback for us. Um, you know, one man's misfortune is another man's opportunity. Uh, Landry's been dealing with injuries, so it gives Josh an opportunity to, to start the game. And uh, I know he's excited about it. I know I'm excited about watching him uh, play the quarterback position in that group and, and, and lead us in that way. Uh, but it's a big opportunity for a lot of men, um, a first opportunity for a lot of men. And uh, We'll give it the respect that it deserves. We'll continue to prepare um, for the remainder of this week here. Um, Not a lot of New York Giant things specifically, uh, just football things specifically. 
situational ball things. We're working to continue to grow in that area. We've been working in recent days in the red zone and two-minute, end-of-the-half, end-of-the-game-like scenarios, things that are going to continue to build and prepare us for in-stadium work. So <clears throat> that actual in-stadium work obviously is a big component uh, of that development. Um, we're excited about it. Um, that's all I really have and from an opening standpoint. I'd be happy to address any questions you might have. How would you describe the, the vibe of the team right now with where things sit? You know, I, I think it's a positive one. Um, I think it's also a group that's, that's ready to see someone different. You know, we've been competing against ourselves now for, for a decent period of time. Uh, I know there's a certain level of excitement about not only stepping into a stadium, but also uh, working against some unknown things and, and people. What's the status of James Harris and the plan for him moving forward? You know, um, really at this juncture, um, we've been working him off on the side. It's less about James. It's more about providing opportunities for some younger and developing guys. James is at the point in his career where he doesn't require a bunch of physical reps in order to be, be game ready, if you will. Uh, so we're utilizing that for, for his good in terms of his preservation, but also the, the good of, of developing young guys like, like T.J. Watt. So we're going to continue to monitor that. Um, those decisions are not made in a vacuum. Uh, those decisions are made relative to him, but also relative to the other guys at the group. Um, the lines got a little short the other night um, when we were in Pittsburgh, and so it was prudent to practice him. Uh, we'll continue to play it by ear. I don't know what the future holds in, in regards to his participation, but rest assured that um, he'll be getting on the moving train here at some point. It's safe to say if people don't practice today, they won't be able to play Friday. Won't play I'm not willing to say that, no. Has Mike Mitchell's injury status, uh, you know, escalated since you know the initial him coming out of practice a couple weeks ago? No. Although I don't know what escalated means. Increased in severity. No. Then. <laughs> Mike, uh, do you have a, a number of guys at receiver that have played in the game? It seems like you've got more than you're going to be able to keep. Do you have competition there? Do you feel like you're going to have some tough decisions at the end of this? You know, I, I think it's the job of, of all of those guys to make our decisions tough, and hopefully um, that's the case. It appears that that may be the case at the receiver position. We've got some guys that, that are high pedigree guys. We've got some guys that have uh, played in games and made some critical plays. Um, all of those are good things, provided they're, they're utilized for this process and um, that they take that experience gained uh, and, and utilize it for good. And uh, So that's what we're keenly watching. You know, it, it makes it difficult because, you know, you want to make sure you give everybody an opportunity to show what they're capable of, um, the, the opportunities to show improve or fewer. And I think the guys have a sense of that. I think that it, it aids us in, in not only the competitive atmosphere, but also uh, just the growth environment. Like one guy that is the receiving core that has not played in the game um, preseason or otherwise is Kanan Severn. What was it about that you saw from him during his time on the IR? that he would, you thought was worth keeping this guy around and even after the pup, you know, having to put him on the pup list to start. You know, he's a diligent and detailed worker. Um, he's a guy that, that's a, a big-bodied guy and plays that way. Um, he's a willing and able participant in special teams as well. And I think, you know, when you're talking about guys that are down-the-line guys, guys that are trying to carve out a role for themselves, um, you can't have those discussions relative to their position without t talking about special teams contribution and uh, – much like Darius Haywood Bay and Sammy Coates and others, uh, his position as a non-return man, he's embraced that element of play. Uh, those are some of the reasons why we're interested in, 
getting an extended look at him. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, Mike, have you guys uh, kept the competition up at secondary with all the injuries there in the last couple weeks? You know, obviously availability lends lends a lot to the competition. Uh, we've had some guys that hadn't been available, so uh, in some instances it hadn't been as competitive as we'd like. Uh, hopefully uh, those guys will get back to us and we can continue with that process. In the meanwhile, though, um, you know, one man's misfortune has created growth opportunities for others and increased number of reps for others, and I, I like the way that some of those guys are working with the opportunity given. The uh, commissioner said yesterday the time might have come to scale back the preseason from four games down to three, maybe even two. I was just wondering, having done this now in the head coaching position for 10 years, what your opinion of the preseason is now and if you think the time is right as well. You know, I I like the preseason personally. Um, I think it aids in the development of young players, uh, specifically those at certain positions like the quarterback position, having a rookie quarterback, um, but also having having an obligation to get guys like Ben ready um, I like what the four games provides us from that perspective. Uh, I understand the discussion, um, and I understand uh, why a lot of us in this industry are delving into that discussion, but that's just my personal opinion as I sit here today. What have you seen from uh, Dobbs that you like? You know, um, you know, he's a bright-eyed, willing worker, man. He appears to, to, to learn from mistakes, and I think that's good. He also appears to be able to learn from mistakes of others, and uh, that's doubly good. Um, but you know, like a lot of things, we won't know until we get them in the stadium. Uh, that position, you're defined by how you perform under certain circumstances, and it would be good to get him in that stadium on Friday night and watch him uh, in terms of putting his skills on display. I was going to follow up on that, Mike. Sorry about the, um, the preseason. Do you view it at all differently now than you did when you first started in terms of its usefulness? Do you look at it more now about, I want to see what I've got in the bottom end of the roster as opposed to getting my starters sharp? Has any of that changed? I've had an appreciation for the preseason going all the way back to my position coach days. I just, I'm a lover of football. Um, I I believe that all of these guys here work and have a legitimate chance. And I think the preseason games give them an opportunity to put those skills on display, not only for us, but for the other 31 teams. Uh, This process that is team development and division of labor and team building, I just have a lot of respect for and an appreciation for. And I think that the preseason games are a big part of it. Is there something specifically you want to see out of Dobbs on Friday, controlling the huddle or anything like that? You know, this is just the first time out. I'm just interested in his game day demeanor, uh, his ability to communicate through circumstances, not only uh, with his fellow players, but also with coaches as well. What is uh All right, that's Mike Tomlin conducting his press conference. Uh, ben you will know, not um, play. Uh, A.B. You know, will not, not play. Lot, Josh you know, Dobbs will um, start. I, I think Those who have been injured oftentimes define us. This probably will be player. held out. Those who are healthy will play aside from Ben and Antonio Brown. <laughs> so that's the gist of it. If there's anything urgent uh, happening, don't hold your breath. We'll pass it along to you. return Rob King of AT&T Sportsnet will join us. We'll talk some Pirates. A couple things. Jerry Dulac. We heard his question in there. We'll talk to him at 1.30 about the Steelers and a bit about the the PGA, which starts tomorrow in Charlotte, North Carolina. And, um, you know, I'm not going to back myself. Two ongoing questions. Are the Pirates really in this race? 
I mean, is this, is this like for real, this thing? So um, the numbers tell you it is, but I don't know yeah, if you're buying in. Uh, and in addition, uh, the Patriots have um, been not, the dominant not, team in the NFL for 15 years, that, no. but because might, of their brushes on, with the football law, or the laws of football, does that tarnish your reputation? Not regard them. Maybe he once did the so Steelers of the 70s or the 49ers of the 80s. Or, or, I have no whatever. level of expectations. That's all I had today on Saverin on Sports. I'll get an updated. Extremely valuable for him, and I think I know I sound like a broken record when I talk openly about the misfortune of others being opportunities, but it's very much the case. We get an opportunity and. We've been having these discussions openly and in, in, in talking about the game and this game opportunity. You know, the, the injury to Artie Burns creates first-team reps for Cody. Um, you know, the injury to, to, to Ryan Shazier creates first-team rep opportunities for Tyler um, and Vince Williams as well. Um, when he, he was down, Tyler played for him some. Um, that's what this process is about. Bud has missed some time. It's provided opportunities for Anthony Ciccolo, who's had, who's had a really good camp. Um, you know, if we keep rolling the ball out, guys are getting an opportunity to show what they're capable of and ascend within the ranks and get an opportunity to pit their skills against against others. Uh, that's what this process is about. Uh, I like the work that Tyler has done. Is that a fortune been augmented by the fact that you've retained so much of your coaching staff, so much of your depth chart from the year before in the sense that there's not as much need to push guys back on the field or them to feel like they have to hurry to get back on the field for a competition at given um, positions? There's urgency. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like there's not urgency in terms of guys being on the field. And uh, we don't seek comfort because of our continuity in that area. Um, I'll just say this. There's, there's big-time urgency. We need guys on the field. Uh, guys need to get on the field. Can that be said or attributed to uh, where Martavis is right now to hopefully urging the NFL to make a decision? You know, I'm not in a position to urge them to do anything. Uh, I'm waiting just like you guys are. Um, there's value in, in practice, obviously, and uh, that's why we're all waiting eagerly. Anyone else? Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you. The gun had better be planted, otherwise Stan's just going to have his you-know-what in his hands. Say hello to my little friend. Sabrin on Sports, ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Blasted out to right center. And Andrew McCutcheon will score another. A home run out to right center, number 23. Uh, you know, just being selective. That's uh, what it's all about. Just uh, staying, staying within yourself. Worked the count, and um, you know, we tried to, you know, just take what, what he was given to us. So the Pirates win again. I think that's their 16th straight win when they score four more runs. And I, I, I'm probably a, a game off, but they are 47 or 48 and 11 when they score four or more runs. Uh, which tells you about the pitching has been very good. That, by the way, is third best in the 
major leagues, Dodgers and Astros, the only ones better at that. Interesting, uh, interesting number. We're joined now by Rob King. And Rob, of course, uh, is one of our hosts on the AT&T Sportsnet. Rob, uh, just a general question. Um, you look at the numbers, and they're three and a half out, and then you wonder, are they really in this thing? I mean, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to digest that and swallow it based on the way the season's gone, but I guess if you look at it, you have to say, yeah, they are. They are, Stan. Um, I mean, you know, you can't compare them to, you know, what they should be doing and, you know, what what should win a division. Um, you never know what should win a division. you got to go back to, what, 73 um, when the Pirates were in it at the end of that season. And I think, I think the Mets won the division at 82 and 80. So 97 know, also. I mean, yeah, they, they were in it right. until the last couple of weeks with Houston. For the freak show, that's right. Yeah, so – you know, um, yes, they're in it. Uh, they're definitely in it. You and I have talked about this a lot, Stan. Um, I I don't think the Cubs are that great of a team. Look, Quintana's going to help them. Quintana's not having a great year. Um, the, the bats, for whatever reason, we keep expecting them to wake up. They just haven't done it, Stan. They, they haven't. And, you know, on paper, they've got a top-flight offense. They should be scoring a bunch of runs. I don't know why they're not, but I don't think their pitching is that great. Um, both starting and in the bullpen. Uh, so, yeah, every, everybody's in it. The Pirates are in it, the Brewers are in it, the Cardinals are in it, and they're all chasing the Cubs. Well, the thing that, that strikes me about it, Rob, uh, and the Post-Gazette came up with the number, um, is what they're getting out of their fourth and fifth starters. I mean, normally, you know, you, if you're a regular club, you throw out your fourth and fifth starters, you know, you're closing your you know, eyes and hoping for the best, you know, waiting for the grenade to explode. Uh, but they, between the two of them, they are four and one, ten starts, averaging over six runs per start with an ERA of two eighty two. That's what gives me the idea that because of that, they can hang. And I'm, I'm with you. I don't think the Cubs are going to run away with anything. They've had their opportunity to say, oh, "Okay, we're the Cubs." Well, no, you're not. You're not the Cubs of last year or the year before. The question is, is there anybody else in the division good enough to take it away from them? Well, that, that, I think that's where we stand right now, and the answer to that has been no. Uh, the answer to your other question is yes. I mean, yes, I think that's a big reason that the Pirates are still in it. Um, you know, we've talked about, hey, if this team could somehow get into the playoffs and you got Cole and Tyone and Nova on a roll, um, they'll go ahead and pitch with anybody, you know. Uh, they're not going to be scared going into, into a, uh, you know, a best-of-seven series against any team with that top three. Now you throw in the four and five, and look, it hurt him at the beginning of the year. Um, it hurt him to go with class now and cool. You look at the team's record in the games those guys started at the beginning of the season. Um, they took their lumps. The team took its lumps when those guys were on the mound. However, we're seeing now the maturation of Chad Cool. We've talked about it the last couple of shows, Dan. He's gotten better every single month. You want to talk about an arrow pointing up, that's it. Um, bad ERA in April, a little bit better in May, very acceptable in June, uh, very good in July, excellent in two, two starts in August. And Trevor Williams is just, he hasn't pitched anything like a rookie. He hasn't had the normal ups and downs that we saw Chad Cool go through, um, the downs that uh, Tyler Glass now had. We still haven't seen the ups with him. He just stepped right in and has pretty much been a consistent, solid performer for him. That gives you the edge over 162 games. And the top three guys give you – so that's the edge. 
then the hope is, hey, if we get there, we got three guys that can compete. So uh, it's crazy that you're a game under 500 and still in it, but you are if you're the Pirates right now. Yeah, it's uh, someone's got to win. You know, it's, I think someone said, uh, coined a phrase, it might have been the Mets, why not us, or somebody did it. Uh, yeah, right. No why one. Pirates. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, two questions about that. No one is going to confuse George Contos with Mariano Rivera. So it's not about his individual performance, but do you believe that his acquisition stabilizes the roles in the bullpen, which can be an important thing? Yes. I was dumbfounded that he was available, and I actually asked him about that. You know, I was like, I'm kind of like, hey, man, what are you doing here? You know, um, I mean, how did you, how did you get here? Uh, this is a guy who's been a very reliable reliever, not having the best of years. Um, you know, his track record reminds me a little bit of Jared Hughes. He was doing good stuff. You know, um, is he going to get sent down? Does he have to fight to make the team? I, I just think that that's the nature of, um, you know, a guy who's not a flamethrower coming out of the bullpen. But he's been extremely effective. He can get the ball on the ground with both his sinker and his cutter. Um, he, to me steps in and yes he stabilizes the bullpen i think he's your seventh inning guy when everybody's healthy um he's pitching the seventh nicasio is pitching the eighth and rivero's pitching the ninth but much like jared hughes when he was at his best he's got that capability to come in with runners on base and get you out of an inning so um hey you know first and third it's a four four ball game you know there's one out in the sixth um, he can come in and get the double play, and if he does it quickly enough, he can come right back out and pitch the eighth uh, or the seventh. Clint Hurdle mentioned how many times, I think 15 or 16 times, he's gone more than one inning. So, yeah, he's that's an excellent pickup, and Sean Rodriguez is an excellent pickup. Just look what it does to your bench, Dan. You know, when, when the Pirates were going through, um, you know, a lot of the offensive struggles early, it was the guys who were supposed to be on the bench we're now in your starting lineup. So your starting lineup wasn't as good as you expected it to be when you had Martin gone. And then you look down the bench, and you have a bunch of rookies. And, look, the, 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 the chapters haven't been written for Max Moroff and Gifton Gope and Elise Diaz and Elias Diaz and some of these other guys, but that's a tough spot for a manager to be, to look down the bench, need to make a double switch or put in a pinch hitter, and see nothing but rookies. It's the toughest role in, 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 uh, in baseball. Now he looks down that bench, and you got Adam Frazier, who's nothing like a rookie. Um, it doesn't perform like a rookie. Osuna, who I think can, you know puts together good at bats beyond his years a little bit. Um, you got Sean Rodriguez. Now all of a sudden you've got options coming off that bench. John Jaso has been terrific as a pinch hitter this year, um, so it, it strengthens that aspect too. So I think that the Pirates, with two quick moves. Um, you know, what they didn't maybe get done at the trade deadline that people wanted them to get done, they were able to get done a few days later. And I, I think really, um, you know, sort of solidified the team. Well, now we ask the question, which, which may be the question and has been the question all year long, can they score enough? Uh, you know, I gave you the numbers. I got the updated numbers. I was kind of guessing at them. I remember from the, the pregame show yesterday. But they now have won 16 in a row, and they score four or more runs. They're 49 and 11, um, 22 and two in their last 24 games when they score four or more. Um, and and you know they they have managed uh, you know to go ahead and do that um, in the last number of uh, games. So they had the three nothing win on Monday, but they've scored six and five. 
10, 6. Is the offense good? Can they score enough to complement what has been very strong pitching, both in starting and also from the bullpen? I don't know. Um, You know, I don't know whether they can or not. It's still not a team that hits the ball out of the ballpark very much. And that's always good for, you know, uh, you know, being able to score suddenly. You suddenly put up three runs at once. Um, it's, it's an offense that's still going to have its problems doing that. Um, it's going to still have to manufacture runs. And that's, uh, you know, I, I really thought that was the way baseball was headed a couple of years ago. You know, you have all these you know, guys coming out of the bullpen and the strikeouts are up and it's hard to hit. Now all of a sudden everyone's hitting the ball out of the ballpark again. And when you're not one of those teams, it makes it difficult. So that's definitely going to be an issue that they're going to have to overcome. But you do get Marte back if he's swinging the bat better. You know, Polanco, um, you know, mired in basically a season-long slump was starting to swing the bat well in July. If you can get him going a little bit, I mean, McCutcheon has been fantastic. And now you can look down on the bench and maybe come up with a clutch hit. Um, Clint Hurdle can mix and match his lineups a little bit, give himself the best possible matchups, and still have room left on the bench. Not to say, well, you know, let's hope this works. Um, so I, I think that those things help. Whether it's going to be enough, we'll see. Um, you know, it's certainly not – it hasn't been an overpowering offense without the long ball, but it is, I think, a little bit more capable now as they're heading down the stretch, and it's been really at any point this season. All right. They've got an opportunity again. Uh, of course, playing on the road uh, is a difficult story. It's, it's interesting to me um, that the Pirates, uh, in interleague play, even after taking the two from uh, Detroit – um, are four and one at home, but zero and five on the road. Uh, and if you want to make that connection, there are a number of factors in that when you play a team and all that kind of stuff. But it seems to me when you play a team on the road and they get to use the DH, and the Pirates really aren't built that way, although maybe they're in a better position to do it now. Uh, it seems to me there is something meaningful about those numbers. And of course, the next five games are all in American League parks. Well, you remember Sam when the Pirates um, when interleague play started. Uh, and, and through the early 2000s, the Pirates were terrible in interleague play yeah. and were getting crushed on the road. And part of that was they were an under-talented team. They didn't have enough pass. And now you're going on the road. You have a team in the American League that's built for that. You've got to have a DH in the American League. Um, you're lucky to scrounge together eight good hitters. Uh, and you certainly don't have, you know, in those days you didn't have eight. You didn't have a ninth. I think you could say the same thing for the, you know, for the Pirates at points this year. You know, you could say, hey, we can come to bat with six or seven, uh, you know, guys that can swing it. Um, but, boy, when you go on the road you meet, in the American League, you need nine. And they haven't had nine. Um, now, again, I think they're getting closer to having nine than they have all season. Obviously, we know Jung Ho Gong has been a huge, huge absence on this team. But I think now they've got more quality players uh, as far as on the hitting end than they've had at any point this season. All right, Rob, it continues tonight uh, in Detroit. Uh, we'll be doing the pregame show. We'll see you uh, at AT&T Sportsnet tonight. And as always, thanks very much for being with us. We're looking forward to seeing you later on, Stan. Thanks. Okay, Rob, thank you. All right, uh, Rob King of AT&T Sportsnet, Pirates in Detroit, uh, pregame show at 630 tonight. Um, still to come, a trivia question. It involves golf. We don't do that very often. 1 o'clock, the Patriots. You can't deny how many Super Bowls they won, but... Do you look at them 
through dark colored glasses, not rose colored, because of the things that they've done. Jerry Dulac at 130. That's all ahead on Savern on Sports. For some, football is a hobby. For Tunchilkin and Craig Wolfley, football is a lifestyle. Get behind the walls of the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex and into the locker room with Tunch and Wolf for the best analysis that this town has to offer. Weekday mornings from 10 a.m. till noon. Tunch and Wolf give you a unique perspective that only two former Steelers can provide as they break down last week's game and look ahead to the next Steelers foe. Your home of the Steelers. ESPN Pittsburgh at 9.70 a.m and 106.3 FM and SNR, available on the iHeartRadio app. But a bing sports all over your Ivy League suit. <laughs> sports all over your suit. Ha. <laughs> bing on sports. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. All right, Scott tweets about the Pirates. Are they really in this thing? Scott tweets, uh, Bucks need to demonstrate that they can maintain a streak and beat the crappy teams before I get my hopes up. I, I get the sense that people are starting to get, I don't know, cautiously reinterested. And I say that for two reasons. Number one, I mean, their performance, but over the weekend, a bad draw in San Diego, they had 100,000 people. Now, I know the Chicago concert, although the rain messed that up, but there were 25,000 there last night. They're still down a quarter mil, but the ratings are getting back up there. That parent tweets, Pirates have been dead to me for a long time. We'll take, a new owner, we'll take new ownership before I take notice. Okay. Now, we'll turn our attention to the pay. We've gotten a lot of response on this. You can't argue that the Patriots have won all their Super Bowls and all that, but do you look at them through a different prism? Because some of them ought to be in prison. <laughs> We're gonna, we got a ton of response. I want more phone calls, emails, tweets, Facebook. Time now for today's trivia question. First correct caller wins the $25 gift certificate to the Carlton Restaurant. Five golfers have won the Grand Slam. That means winning all the four majors. Only one of them was not an American. Who is that guy? Who's the only non-American to win the career Grand Slam? 412-922-2874, pound 970. The answer and the Patriot discussion next on Saverin on Sports. We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.